Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy. And today's video, I'm bringing you guys my top 20 running back list for fantasy football in 2020. I actually already went over my top 15 guys, so these are just the final 16 through 20 guys before we start to get into my wide receiver ranking. So if you guys end up enjoying this video at any point, please remember to click that subscribe button because it's free. And I'm going to help you guys win your fantasy football championship at the end of December. We're all going to hoist it up. We're all going to kiss it and make some sweet, sweet love to that Super Bowl fantasy championship trophy because we are all going home with that. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Top 20 running backs for fantasy football in 2020. To recap real quick, running back rankings 1 through 6 is a video, 7 through 12 is a video, and then 12 or 13 through 15, and then this is 15 through 20. 1 through 6, we got Christian McCaffrey at 1, Saquon at 2, Ezekiel Elliott at 3, Alvin Kamara at 4, Joe Mixon at 5, and Derrick Henry as my RB. Number 6, coming in from 7 through 12, we have Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Kenyon Drake, and Miles Sanders. Now, Dalvin Cook, obviously, he's going to be a confusing topic. What do you do with Dalvin Cook? Right now, I'm going to keep him at seven because I don't know what's going to happen come August if he's going to end up signing before then. If he doesn't sign, I'm staying clear away from him. I'm pretty much staying clear away from him anyways because I don't love him due to his injury proneness, which I actually talk about in the video rankings top 12 running backs. But I think just not moving him right now is probably the best idea. Alexander Madison is also a confusing kind of topic because why would you draft him in the eighth round if Dalvin Cook ends up being playing? Like, what do you do there? I don't really know. I mean, Alexander Madison will probably shoot up the draft board. He's the handcuffed to Dalvin Cook if Dalvin Cook holds out, rightfully so. But right now, I'm kind of just staying away from both guys in a lot of the drafts I'm doing because I feel like they're going a little too early and Dalvin Cook doesn't really even seem to be falling. So now to look at running backs 13 through 15, which is my last video on running backs, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire running back 13, Aaron Jones running back 14, and Le'Veon Bell RB number 15. So let's get right into it now with running back number 16, Leonard Fournette, running back of the Jacksonville Jaguars, FFPC ADP 26.53. So his FFPC ADP, I explain this in every video, is pretty much high stakes leagues. So leagues where guys are spending like 100 plus dollars to get in, that's what they are drafting as ADP's average draft position. So the 26.53 overall pick, which is obviously some weird uneven number because obviously you can't have like a whole number for that. Six foot tall, 240 pounds, obviously a first round pick a couple of years ago. His 40 yard dash, 74th percentile, and his speed score, 96th percentile. The guy is a very good player like we saw last season. Last season, obviously with Leonard Fournette, we saw an amazing year as a Jacksonville Jaguar. Running back number seven last season in 15 games, 17.3 PPR points per game, which ranked ninth at the running back position, which was very good last year. 265 carries, 17.7 per game, seventh at running back, 1,152 total rushing yards, 76.8 per game, sixth at running back, 100 targets, which was honestly out of this world. There's no way anyone could have expected Leonard Fournette to make that leap, and he did 6.7 per game, fourth at running back, 76 receptions, 5.1 per game, fifth at running back, 522 receiving yards, 34.8 per game, fifth at running back. His red zone touches were very high, 54.54 for 3.6 per game, fourth in the NFL, which is funny because he had so many red zone touches, but only found his way into the end zone three total times, 50th at running back, which is just hilarious because how do you get that many touches and never find your way into that end zone? Now, there are going to be those people for Leonard Fournette that are saying, oh my God, he only scored three tutties last year, only three touchdowns, that has to go up, doesn't it, Nick, doesn't it? 
Now it should, but it might not actually happen. I mean, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot from behind, so rushing touchdowns may not go up there. And we saw Leonard, the offensive line still isn't all that great, so that's obviously going to be a worry for Leonard Fournette. So I think that overall his touchdowns probably should go up, but there's obviously some worrying concerns since he's on the last year of his contract. Will he end up trying to hold out? What is he going to end up doing? To be honest with you, I really have no idea. Looking at some things that I found interesting is that Chris Thompson, running back, formerly of the Washington Redskins since 2013, joins onto the Jacksonville Jaguars in the offseason. Now, something to note about Chris Thompson, he's not one of these guys. He, if you don't know who he is, which is kind of likely, to be honest with you, he's not one of those big bruiser backs that's going to steal the touchdowns away from Larry Fournette. But he will do is steal the targets. If you look at the target numbers, which you can see my mouse on right now, seven targets in 2014, then 48, 62, 54, 55, 58. So he commands like 50-plus targets in an offense. So that is kind of worrisome if you think about it for Leonard Fournette, a guy that had 100 targets last year with no real pass catching back behind him. Now he has that big pass catching back behind him. Kind of like how in the past Marlon Mack had Naheem Hines behind him. Or like Josh Jacobs last year had Jalen Rashard behind him. It is kind of worrisome for Leonard Fournette. I really think that pass catching work decreases and that's why he's not a top 12 running back. Another reason why is because I'm just confused about the whole contract situation. Will he try to hold out? Will he try to do these things? I have no idea. But what I do know is they have confident enough backs behind him that if Leonard Fournette tries to hold out, he's absolutely fucked. He's probably done after this year, regardless with the team. So you would think that they run him into the ground, which is good for fantasy production, kind of worrisome for injury. But I think at the end of the day, he should be a fine running back this year, just not a top 12 guy, potentially for me. Now, looking at his splits, something also pretty interesting to note is in games where Gardner Minshew played, he was actually far worse than when Big Dick Nick Foles was playing in the other two games. So he played 15 total games, 13 with Gardner Minshew versus two without. Now, I don't think these numbers necessarily dictate whether I would want to draft him higher or not, but it does actually kind of show that in those games with Foles, he was just so much better. In those two games with Nick Foles, his half PPR numbers was 20.8 points per game and PPR 24.8 points per game versus in half PPR with Gardner Minshew, 13.98 and in PPR 16. So he was scoring a lot more points without Mr. Gardner or without Gardner Minshew being in the game. Now, something important to note why that probably was was the target and receiving numbers. Receptions with Nick Foles, eight versus four point six two with Mr. Gardner Minshew and nine point five targets versus six point two five with Gardner Minshew. His receiving yards were actually pretty similar, 48 versus 32. His rushing attempts were 16 versus 17.92, so he's actually going to see more rushing work with Gardner Minshew, which I think is going to help considering the fact is that he's not going to be out there as much catching the ball, and he had one rushing touchdown versus or .08 with Gardner Minshew since he didn't fucking score a touchdown at all versus what he actually scored one and then he scored one with Nick Foles in those two games which I found to be funny and then his rushing yards were 79.38 with Gardner versus 60 with Nick Foles so I think Leonard Fournette is kind of one of those guys where you're not super excited to draft them he's not one of those guys like Conor McGregor says it's not a red panty night when you draft Leonard Fournette you don't get out the goddamn champagne and just fucking shoot that shit everywhere when you draft Leonard Fournette. You don't. You're just like, you know what? I got a back that's going to be okay, and I'm happy about it. Now, he would probably will never move up in my rankings unless Chris Thompson somehow, like, uh, you know how, like, the, the saying is, step on a crack, you break your mom's back. Maybe you break fucking Chris Thompson's back by stepping on a crack or something, and that happens. Sure, he could be great, but right now, I think he'll just be a fine RB2 
for your team. Now looking at running back number 17, Jonathan Taylor running back out of the Indianapolis Colts, formerly of the Wisconsin Badgers, FFPC ADP 33.97. 5'10", 226 pounds. This man is an absolute unit. He's fucking huge. And he is super duper fast. His best comparable, according to Player Profiler, is Ezekiel Elliott. Now, I don't think you need to necessarily buy into that. But what you need to buy into are these workout metrics for some guys and not buy into it for other guys. Because some guys, they just run faster with the ball in their hands. Some guys play better than their workout metrics, which show that they could. 98th percentile 40-yard dash with a 4.39 at last year's or this year's combine. Amazing. 121.7 speed score, 99th percent burst score 71st percentile and agility score is 66th percentile at the running back position now Jonathan Taylor in Wisconsin was a certified fucking beast this guy's a bell cow he was getting 250 plus rushing attempts pretty much his whole career in Wisconsin 14 games 320 rushing attempts 2,000 and three rushing yards shout out to you guys who may have not even been born in 2003 maybe you're a little bit younger shout out to you guys 6.3 yards per carry and shout out to everyone watching this video because if you have enjoyed thus far please click that subscribe button 26 receptions on 36 targets 252 receiving yards 26 total tutties and 10.30 percent target share in that Wisconsin bad offense so something to note that I actually bring up in all these videos when we're talking about these rookie running backs is the rookie running back hit rate now what's interesting is that Jonathan Taylor got picked in the second round so obviously his hit rate according to this chart is going to be much lower but what the chart doesn't anticipate or understand is actually how fucking good Jonathan Taylor was and the fact that he really was a first round talent as opposed to a second round talent so looking obviously at the chart down below you can see if you're a first round pick you got like a 44% chance to finish or you're actually at the top you'd see a 44% chance to finish as a top 12 pick or as a top 12 running back 56% chance to finish top 24 69% to finish top 36 and an 81% chance to finish top 48 but if you fall into the second round 7% chance to finish top 12 22% chance to finish top 12 or top 24 33% chance to finish top 36 and a 48% chance to finish top 48. So I think you can kind of weigh it in the middle here, to be honest with you, because I think he deserved to be a first round pick, but he got kicked back because no one was taking running backs. The only running back taken in the first round was Clyde Edwards Hilaire by the Kansas City Chiefs at pick 32. It took all the way till the end of the first round for a running back to be selected. So I think he really has that talent. I think Jonathan Taylor should be very good this year, but obviously there is concerns that it will take a while, and that's why I haven't ranked so low. If he was picked in like the top five, top 10, I would be so solidified in thinking on whatever team he was on he could be a top 10 running back but that's just how the fucking cookie crumbles he should be good this year but when he gets drafted here he's being drafted into a backfield that obviously has guys around him that are talented Marlon Mack was an a thousand yard rusher and could still be in a thousand yard rusher so it might take a while for Jonathan Taylor to overtake that he's going to be in what is called a running back by committee for the beginning of the year I think and then eventually I think he's going to be able to pass up Marlon Mack based on his strong attributes and his strong talent Once coaches bring up that running back by committee word, that shit scares the fuck out of me. But I really believe in the immense talent of Jonathan Taylor to have him ranked up this high. Just like last year, we all thought Miles Sanders would be great. He was stuck in the running back by committee. It took a bunch of weeks. Everyone got hurt, and he was good. So let's just hope that Mr. Jonathan Taylor can break free, start soaring, and start flying, and potentially become a top 12 guy. But right now, I got him as running back numero 17. Now, looking at running back number 18, we have Chris Carson, running back of the Seattle Seahawks, FFPC ADP. Pick numero 40, six foot tall, 218 pounds. His 40-yard dash is 53rd percentile, 61st percentile speed score, 87th percentile 
burst score and 74th percentile bench press with a 14th percentile agility score and a 100% workout metric of fumbling the ball because this guy has fucking fumble-itis like no other. Now, looking at his stats from last season, Chris Carson was a very good running back, and there's obviously concerns of why he's down at running back 18 when he finished as running back 12 last year that I'm going to talk about right after I read off his stats. So last year, running back 12 in 15 games, 15.5 PPR points per game, 12th at running back, 278 carries, 18.5 per game, 5th at running back, 1,231 rushing yards, 82.1 per game, 5th at running back, 46 targets, 3.1 per game, 25th at running back, 37 receptions, 2.5 per game, 22nd at running back, 267 receiving yards, 17.8 per game, 29th at running back, red zone touches were 43, 2.9 per game, 13th at running back, and total touchdowns was 9th at running back, or 9 touchdowns, 10th at running back. So Chris Carson had a very productive year. Now, what was the backfield situation looking like last season in Seattle versus right now? Last season, they had, at the beginning of the year, it was pretty much Chris Carson, and it was the Chris Carson and Rashad Penny show. And then, obviously, at the end of the season, then in the playoffs, Chris Carson's hurt, Rashad Penny's hurt, so they bring in Marshall, and they have all these other guys, a carousel of running backs. So, what does it look like right now? And that and is this why I have Chris Carson ranked so low? Special answer. The answer is actually yes. They bring in Carlos Hyde in the offseason. Carlos Hyde was in the 1,000-yard rusher last season, so that's obviously very scary to bring in to a Seattle backfield. Rashad Penny is likely going to begin the season on the PUP, which means physically unable to participate, so it doesn't seem like he's going to be starting the season. It may take a couple of months for Chris Carson to get into game shape, which is good for Chris Carson, and they draft DJ Dallas in the fourth round of the 2020 NFL draft. DJ Dallas, DJ Cowley, does not scare me at all, but Carlos Hyde really does. Carlos Hyde has me shitting me pants, shiver me timbers. I'm I'm kind of scared of Chris Carson. Now, I think he's safe because I think he will produce a lot of rushing floor. There is obviously concerns in his passing game because he does not get too many dump-offs his way. I think Chris Carson will be a fine pick, but obviously for those reasons, that's why he's down at running back number 18, especially the addition of Carlos Hyde. The only benefactor to all this, or the only positive light, the way you could bend this positively, is the fact that now Chris Carson won't be getting as many touches which will defend the fact that he may not fumble the ball as many times, which will obviously help him stay on the field, even though Pete Carroll just goes, he's chewing his fucking gum on the sideline, and he just says, fuck it, Chris Carson, get back in the game, even though you fumbled it away, and we said we will not approve of fumbling. Another thing to note is that the Seattle Seahawks just run the ball so goddamn much that it shouldn't even matter if Carlos Hyde is there for Carlos Hyde to produce as a top 20 running back in 2020. Running back number 19 here is David Monty God, David Montgomery, running back of the Chicago Bears, 50.17 FFPC ADP, 5'10", 222 pounds. His workout metrics are god-awful for a guy who last year, many compared this guy to Barry Sanders. They also said he was like LT. They were saying he's like every single great running back combined into one, and then he actually just took a big great shit on your bed, and you should have worn your huggies to sleep when you drafted Dave Montgomery because he screwed you over. 4.63 40-yard dash, 37th, 96.6 speed score, 50th percentile, 10th percentile burst score, 55th percentile agility score, and 11th percentile bench press at running back. Now, David Montgomery of the Chicago Bears is a solid running back, at least to me. Now, last year, he did not do shit to prove that he was good, but I think what happened in the offseason is going to prove to make him better. Last year, running back number 24 in 16 games, 10.4 PPR points per game, 32nd at running back. So if he played less than 16 games, he would have been a complete and utter dumpster fire, not a top 24 running back. He probably would have been like a top 35 running back because he finished 32nd in PPR points per game, 242 carries, 15 points per game, 13th in the NFL, 889 rush yards, 55.6 per game. 
game. 18th in the NFL, 35 targets, 2.2 per game, 39th in the NFL, 25 receptions, 1.6 per game, 41st in the NFL, 185 receiving yards, 11.6 per game, 44th in the NFL, red zone touches for 35, 2.2 per game, 19th in the NFL, and total tutties, 7th, 17th in the NFL. Now, the question you might be asking yourself is, what failed David Montgomery? Did David Montgomery fail David Montgomery? Did Matt Nagy, that dumbass coach wearing the visor, fail David Montgomery? Or did the situation and the quarterback play by kissing titties Mitchell Trubisky fail David Montgomery? I honestly think it's a combo of the three. The coaching just wasn't giving him the ball a lot earlier in the season. They started to give it more later in the season for David Montgomery. That's a negative. Now, David Montgomery also screwed David Montgomery. It's like that meme of the the guy where he's, it's the guy sitting in the chair and it's the guy pointing the, himself. He's pointing a gun at himself. Visual meme for you guys. That's what fucking happened. David Montgomery fucked David Montgomery because he got 242 carries, 15.1 per game, 13th ranked in the NFL at running backs for carries, didn't do shit with it. He didn't have that many receiving yards or targets or receptions because he's on the Bears. And Tariq Cohen just owns that backfield in the pass catching game, which I think could go up for David Montgomery for a couple of reasons this year. Now they bring in Mr. Big Dick Nicholas Foles, who should be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. There's no way Mitch Trubisky becomes the starter. Mitch Trubisky came out and said a couple of days ago, Oh my God, Nick Foles coming in here really pissed me off. He lit a fire under my ass. Last year, the whole fucking media, everyone, every fantasy analyst was trying to blow smoke straight up your ass to get to you. They were shooting the fire underneath them. They were saying, please, Mitchell Trubisky, do something. They were saying, you fucking suck. You're this, you're that, you're not good. You were a terrible pick. Uh, you got, you're wasted. The Bears are a dumbass organization for drafting you. All these things. And that didn't light a fire under his ass. So I'm kind of confused about that. I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the starter. I think it's going to be big dick Nick Foles. And that means a whole lot for the offense. It means now they're going to be scared of the passing game because Mitch Trubisky was got awful the season before last year Mitch Trubisky looked like a actual pretty decent quarterback but last year he looked god fucking awful and that's why they probably didn't end up making the quarterback because or the not the quarterback they didn't end up making the playoffs because of their shitty quarterback behind center now there was also the fact that the defense kind of really had a humpty dumpty off the wall type deal they fucking declined like no other very bad, very bad for them, but I think Dave Montgomery will be fine this year. Looking at his stats per game, he kind of really only did good against these bad teams. You notice against Green Bay, just gets absolutely plowed. The next week against Denver, does pretty good. Against Washington, does pretty good. Against Minnesota, does okay. Against Oakland, does good. And then he shits the bed against New Orleans. And then against the Chargers, does good. And then good. He would pretty much just had those hot streaks where he was doing good, and then he would shit the bed. Notice how he does good. One, two weeks in a row, does shit. Three weeks in a row, does good. And then shits the bed, and then does really good. He's very, very, very volatile very very inconsistent but I think this year we see a much more consistent version of Mr. David Montgomery hopefully Big Dick Nick Foles saves Chicago now coming in here at the final running back of the video in the final video about running back rankings we got David Johnson as the fantasy footballers like to call him David Johnson running back of now the Houston Texans, formerly of the Arizona Cardinals, 36.07 FFPC ADP, six foot one, 224 pounds, and his workout metrics will make you absolutely ejaculate out of your eye sockets. 40-yard dash, 77th percentile, 91st percentile speed score, 96th percentile burst score, 83rd percentile agility score, and 85th percentile bench press. This guy is an absolute unit, but he's a unit that comes with some inconsistencies, not in his play, but in his health. If you guys have enjoyed this video thus far, I know we're like 20 minutes deep in this video, please click that subscribe button. And if you made it this far, make sure to leave a car- comment saying the word LT. Shout out to Ladanian Tollison. 
David Johnson's best comparable. And if you're watching this on a podcast or listening on a podcast, because I don't know, maybe you're just sitting here watching your phone as you're listening to me, please leave a review. I would really appreciate that if you're on Apple. So David Johnson, Houston Texans, now running back. Running back number 24 last season in Arizona. Played 13 games, but he really only started nine, so he didn't really play that many games. 11.8 PPR points per game, not too shabby. He did better than David Johnson, and he was, or not David Montgomery, 29th at running back. He finished with 94 carries, which is very bad, 7.8 per game, because what happened was he fucking ended up getting hurt, and then he comes back. He's running in slow motion. Chase Edmonds is doing good. They bring in Kenyon Drake. David Johnson just gets absolutely skull-fucked by the Cardinals organization, but then he gets revived in Houston this year. 345 rushing yards, 50th in the NFL, not very good, 47 targets, 30.9, 24th in the NFL, 36 receptions, 3.0 per game, 24th in the NFL, 370 receiving yards, 30.8 per game, 16th in the NFL, red zone touches 23, 1.9 per game, 36th in the NFL, and total tighties were 6th, 26th in the NFL. So obviously he gets shipped off with a used condom to go to Houston for DeAndre Hopkins. The Cardinals clearly won that trade. David Johnson's an old man. Not really even that fucking old, if I'm being honest with you, but he's been used. He's like a used condom as well. David Johnson, very sad what has happened to him, but he could revive his career in Houston. The Johnson and Johnson backfield. They got Duke Johnson and David Johnson. Now, the worry, though, is that Duke Johnson could be taking away some of David Johnson's dump-offs, but then again, Bill O'Brien's a fucking dumbass with that butt chin who doesn't understand how to use a running back that can catch the ball. If he used Duke Johnson correctly last year... Oh my god, they would have been looking so much better in a bunch of games. Now, obviously, to look at him, the Texans vacated stats from last season. Obviously, Carlos Hyde is gone and joined Chris Carson in Seattle. Now, last year, 254 rushing attempts are vacated, which means Dave Johnson could get them. 1,110 rushing yards, 6 rushing touchdowns, 17 targets, and 51 receiving yards. So I think David Johnson is prone to get absolutely fed, force-fed down his throat. People are telling Mr. B.O.B., Bill O'Brien, that he's a dumbass, that he fucked up. So what Bill O'Brien's going to do is he's going to sit back and just hammer it. Hammer, 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 hammer to David Johnson. The question is, can David Johnson stay healthy? Now, looking at sportsinjurypredictor.com, he's deemed a medium risk of injury. Pretty scary. But he's a 4 out of 5 on the durability scale. So once he gets hurt, he will be able to come back unless he tears ACL or something. His projected games missed for 2020 is 2.7. So David Johnson is a very high upside pick due to the fact that the volume, I think, is going to be very high. The situation isn't very good because they no longer have DeAndre Hopkins. And they have a bunch of fucking garbage-ass wide receivers. They're not even garbage wide receivers because Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb are all good. But Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks are just as injury-prone as it gets. So that's scary, as is David Johnson. I think that he's a solid pick. But I'm not the fantasy counselor telling you that he's a top five running back because that is insane in the membrane. Thank you guys all for watching this video. If you ended up enjoying, please make sure to click that subscribe button that's on your screen right now or down below. Make sure to leave a comment and have a great rest of your day. I love each and every single one of you guys. Click on one of the videos on your screen and I'll see you guys tomorrow with yet another banger of a video. I love you all. Goodbye, my friends.